From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie G. And welcome to The Desert Scene. Happy New Year. We're now in 2023. I'm your host, Bonnie G, here with my fabulous uh, producer, Brian Mendoza. And we're happy to welcome to the show for the first time a wonderful actor, Eric Patrick Harper, who is starring in the new play, A Bright New Boise, that's coming up at Desert Performs on January 13th. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for being here. So this sounds really interesting. First of all, is this the first um, time you've done a play here in the Palm Springs area? It is. It is the first time I've been fortunate enough to come to Palm Springs and do a play. Excellent. And of course, Desart, I've known Michael Shaw for years, and Desart, they always do wonderful uh, productions there. So I think you're in really good hands. So tell us a little bit about the story of this play. So this play was, um, it was written around 2010, and it had a production in New York. Um, It was written by the incredible playwright. Samuel D. Hunter, and this play is about a an evangelical from uh, northern Idaho who takes a job at a Hobby Lobby in Boise in order to, uh, he's looking for employment, but he's also looking to reconnect with his estranged son, mm-hmm. and so it follows, um, it follows that uh, you know, that reconciliation process and you get to meet, you know, the other employees at this Hobby Lobby. And then you start to discover some things about this character's past because there was a tragic, uh, incident at the evangelical church that he belonged to in Northern Idaho. And, you know, as the play progresses, that tragedy is revealed in bits and pieces. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really, it's a play about, um, it's about faith. It's about existence. It's about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's a comedy. I mean, it's wow. a lot of the things that I just said are all very heavy, but it's a, it's a dark comedy. And he's found, Sam Hunter has found a lot of moments to, um, you know, to, to, to find some lightheartedness in this in this story so mm. it's great interesting and of course Hobby Lobby I, I think think most people and a lot of people know Hobby Lobby of course they have wonderful it's a great store and they have wonderful things to buy there but it, they it can be controversial because as I understand Hobby Lobby is the owners or founders are very um, uh, religious and have very strong ideas yes. about about faith and about what's acceptable and what's not and homosexuality and all that kind of stuff so there are some people who um don't think all necessarily all that highly of Hobby Lobby because they seem ex- exclusionary. Is, would you say that's accurate? From from my understanding, yeah. um, yes, I think. And there are characters who have who are working at this particular Hobby Lobby for you know for different reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the characters in the play, uh, Leroy, is uh, he's an art major, and they sell a lot of art supplies mm-hmm. at Hobby Lobby. So his reasons for working there are you know, totally separate from religion. He does right. not have a religious background at all. And then my character is, um, obviously he's, you know, he considers himself an evangelical. So mm-hmm. he does have religious ties, but his reason for coming to work at this Hobby Lobby is, like I said, he does need a job, but he also is wants a job there because this is where his, he knows this is where his estranged 
son is working. Mm, so everyone okay. has their own has agenda. A, yeah. Their own agenda for yeah. being there mm-hmm. and, and working there. Interesting. Okay, let's talk about your background. So you went to Juilliard, which is fabulous. Can't get much better than that. And <laughs> a lot of uh, great uh, New York credits. Um, and some sh- uh, several Shakespeare. You did Hamlet. You did uh, Taming of the Shrew, Macbeth. So do did you have an affinity for Shakespeare like right early on? Early on, I would say I did not. I think most people feel uh, a little intimidated yes. by Shakespeare. I think audiences can feel intimidated by mm-hmm. Shakespeare. I think actors can feel intimidated by Shakespeare. And one of the reasons why I wanted to go to to Juilliard is because I wanted the opportunity to work on a lot of Shakespeare. I did not mm-hmm. want to be intimidated by Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, and in so going to uh, drama school, you work on a lot of it. I mean, the first project we did at Juilliard was Henry the Fourth, Part One. It's called the Discovery Project, and they throw your whole group into a room, and you don't really have a director. You have someone who sort of oversees the process, but you discover the play together, and you look at every single word and every single line, and what does this mean, and what are we trying to say? And what I learned in doing that is, if you, an audience member, have gone to see a Shakespeare play and you don't understand what's going on it is often not the fault of the audience it mm-hmm. is the fault of um the actors not understanding what what they're saying it's kind of like you know if you turn on like a, a telenovela and it's in a different language right. and you're watching it if if the actors are inhabiting you know the the sense of the scene uh, fully enough, you can you can understand what's going on. Right. You know, you can you can you can get what the relationships are. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's what I discovered in 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 w- working on so much Shakespeare is oh it's really it's in our it's in the actors' hands to to make it clear. And if you've seen Shakespeare before and you leave feeling like well I don't understand what was up there, mm-hmm. it might mean that the actors didn't either. Didn't yeah. Either. Yeah. Yeah. And and so now did you did you start acting as a kid? Did you start very young? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I thought about it in a in a. I didn't think I. I still am not sure if it's a serious way to make a living. But <laughs> yeah. I I I grew up in the Midwest, so mm. I grew up around. You know, my whole family is doctors and mm. uh, you know lo- uh, lawyers and yep. nurses and business owners. So yeah. it wasn't something that I thought you could do mm-hmm. for for a living. living it yeah. wasn't until yeah later in my probably in high school that it when I started to think about what I wanted to go and do in college I had a teacher who sort of said like oh well you're gonna you're gonna go be an actor right because I had done you know the school plays mm-hmm. and musicals and all of those things but it wasn't until then that I thought about it and then I went to college for it. I went to a, a great school in Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point, and I think that taught me a lot about work ethic and how much you know how much dedication and work goes into yeah. being an actor if that is really what you want to do. But then you know you get out into the world and you see how tough how tough it is. I moved to New York and I I didn't have an agent. I didn't have. I wasn't a member of actors equity or any of Mm -hmm. the unions or anything like that. So it was, I saw the struggle and I I think it was probably somewhere in my early twenties that I, I thought, okay, if you really, really want to do this with your life, then I think you need to 
go to um, go to a drama school now that you're a little bit mm-hmm. older and really know what you want out of it and yeah. make the decision to really commit. Yeah. So was your was your family supportive of you doing this as a career? Yeah, I think okay. they I'm, I think my parents were as, you know, you know, my, they love all three of us. I have two younger brothers mm-hmm. and they want us to be happy. So right. they yeah, they were they were supportive. I think they definitely I think they definitely worried mm-hmm. about it, but yeah. they also I mean, my parents work really hard and have, you know, my dad runs his own business. They everything that my parents have they've worked really hard for. And I think they did a good job of instilling that in us. So I think they were okay that I was going to do it so long as I went to school for it. And, and then I think as, you know, time rolled on, they saw how hard I worked Mm -hmm. and I think that sort of settled them. And then, you know, getting into Juilliard, I think calm there and like, okay, well other people are, have, you know, put their stamp on his talent yes yes yeah yeah they're like okay okay it's you know he's he's you know finding his way somehow excellent what would you say because you have so many great credits here can you pick like maybe two 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 really big career highlights that were some of the best acting experiences you've had so far oh yeah um well i have uh, the the great i think the thing that i loved the most about going to Juilliard was they have a playwriting program mm-hmm. there and so you get to work with playwrights yeah and and be right in the room with a playwright as they're writing a new play sometimes you know you're like workshopping a play from the ground up and so I got to do a lot of work with um I mean he's a very good friend of mine uh his name is Ted Mallower and he wrote a lot of plays that I got to do when I was when I was at school. So I think, I think working with him was a really, um, eye-opening experience for me because he's an incredibly talented writer and, uh, he writes comedies and I love working on comedies. So I think anything that I did with him throughout school. And then even after we got out of school, we were, he would, you know, have readings and workshops of plays that he was working on that I got to be involved in. And then, um, I also got the opportunity to work with, uh, Lila Neugebauer, who uh, she's her her first film just came out. She's uh, a director on um, this new Jennifer Lawrence movie called Causeway that is exceptional, and you should, everyone should go mm-hmm. see that movie um, if they can. But she directed me in a play called Appropriate that uh, another Juilliard alum, uh, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, wrote, and mm-hmm. that was it's just a mammoth play and it's just one of those plays where if you, you know, get the opportunity to do something like that, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is just like, it's an embarrassment of riches. And she is an exceptional director. So I think that, I mean, any, any, anything that I've done, it's like, even if it's a great role, it's like, it's gotta be a great director. It's gotta be a great play. It's gotta be a great cast. And, you know, and that's true of a bright new Boise as well. I mean, this cast is, 
it's stacked. It's I love be, being in rehearsal with these people. Yeah. And Michael Shaw, I know, is his fabulous director. Well, listen, Eric Patrick Harper, he stars in A Bright New Boise. Desert performs. It opens January 13th, goes through the 22nd. Um, uh, let's see. F- f- uh, Friday, Saturday night, 730. Sunday matinees, 2 p.m. Uh, for tickets, you can call 760-322-0179. Or you can go to desart, D-E-Z-A-R-T, performs.org. A Bright New Boise sounds fabulous. Fascinating, directed by Michael Shaw. Thank you so much, Eric Patrick Harper, for being with us. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Sounds like a fascinating play. Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, come say hi. I sure will. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year to everybody. And we'll talk to all of you guys the next time on The Desert Scene.